You're listening to the Viral Folly Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. I wanted to ask you about week 15 action because it seemed that there were a lot of five set thrillers, not only in conference tournament play, but also the final week of MPSF and Big West play. I wanted to ask you, were there any particular results that caught your eye during week 15? Well, the, the other one in my conference, just so we touch base on it, is, you know, Purdue Fort Wayne going down to McKendree uh, and getting that win in four. Uh, that's, a, that's a big win for those guys. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, was happy for Rock and, you know, and, and certainly, you know, probably sad for Nikki a little bit because they got a great group of older guys on that team too. But, you know, Purdue went down there and capitalized and uh, got a good win that puts him in a place to play Loyola uh, on Wednesday in our other semifinal match. And so uh, probably the, the five-setter, I mean, uh, Hawaii and uh, Dimitri on the opposite getting 30 kills. I know you were probably there, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's, he, he, he lit it up. And, you know, I think I talked about whether or not uh, they had that next weapon for Hawaii. And if he's doing that on, on the offset of their outsides, doing some nice things and boss in the middle and, you know, Theo setting the ball and hitting on two, like you talked about earlier, Hawaii is going to be really tough in the conference tournament at home uh, as they walk into next week. And so uh, uh, that was certainly a match that caught my eye. Um, I'd probably say, uh, you know, I was watching – and, and I don't know if it's like the, the Eva stuff because there was that three-way tie and so and those yeah. matches that were going on. And I think uh, you know, Princeton came out with two wins, but they ended up being uh they ended up being fourth out of that group. Uh yeah. and I think it was Harvard that ended up second, right? It was yep. Harvard that was ended up second, and then you got uh yeah. GIT at third. And so they that got was the buy. <laughs> that was a mumble jumble mess, you know what I mean, in terms of that. And so and you know, so St. Francis. Uh, we'll end up playing um, uh, Princeton, right? And then the winner of that plays Penn State. And then you got NGIT playing George Mason. George Mason, uh, George Mason came in off the sixth seed. And so they got yep. their bracket all set up going too at the same time. So, yeah, it's been an exciting week, no doubt. And uh, now, officially, with all the tournaments in play, um, should be interesting to see who comes to show up, which leads me to our next question about week 15. But who are some of the athletes who stuck out? I know you mentioned Demetrius Mucleus from Hawaii. Uh, I think he heard your challenge on the podcast uh, your, uh, last episode, and he really took it to heart against my team. But, you know, there, there are some big performances last week. So uh, who, who, well, who caught your eye? Well, so, so certainly Demetrius, and I probably don't have some of the other stats uh, in front of me right now just in terms of uh, some of those other big numbers from those guys. But um, uh, I think uh, – for Purdue Fort Wayne, I was talking about them. Uh, their pins did a nice job for them. Uh, Dietrich uh, and their chili guy, uh, they both had some nice numbers that put them in a position to get that win for them. But uh, uh, but I don't have some of the other ones in front of me right now in terms of that uh, on the uh, Big West uh, in the MPSF right now. So, Well, regardless, it's going to be a fun week here in week 16, which is all the tournaments, all in play. And uh, well, you and me were talking about this. So this is, it's a curious format though, right? So like you've got uh, the Big West and the MPSF and, you know, you got a buy for UCLA and then the other one's playing in and they've got three matches over the course of four days or whatever it is. And then you got the Big West or the Big West tournament in Hawaii and they've got uh, three matches over three days. So it's certainly a gauntlet of volleyball, which is, is going to give any volleyball fan a ton of matches to watch and, 
you got our semifinal on Wednesday and, you know, Penn state's got the same kind of three matches over four days or, or the Eva tournament's got. So it's like a lot of volleyball between Wednesday and Saturday, which is exciting if you're a fan, cause I'm sure you can find it on a lot of different uh, web streams or ESPN three and some of that stuff, which will be exciting. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, I actually was talking to David Hunt earlier and all the MPSF is going to be streamed on flowvolleyball.tv, which is a subscription service. And I know a lot of your matches end up on ESPN Plus, which is great if you got the subscription there. Yeah. But the fact that it's available, I, I mean, the $4.99 is not a bad price to watch the volleyball for the month. <laughs> well, yeah, it's get, it gives us an avenue, and we're all going to pump it on NCA.com, right? As we're all got we all got to <laughs> pump it on there to make sure it gets out. So, yep. All right. Well, Coach Dan Friend of Lewis, uh, best of luck to you uh, in your semifinal matchup uh, against Ball State. And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with you next week on the actual episode of the podcast, assuming we're not all hammered from working so hard this week. That sounds great. Well, Rob, I appreciate it again. Thanks for all your work. <laughs> well, let's go into the week 15 results. Uh, there was quite a bit. And it ended up being a pretty wacky week with some conference tournaments starting, but man, it was a week for five set thrillers without a yep. doubt. But I wanted yep. to ask you what particular results stuck out in your eye. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been on the podcast. I've been critical of Hawaii scheduling because it could hurt them uh, at the end, right? That could be something that, that is a knock on them come tournament selection, but I personally think they're going to win uh, their conference tournament but the play of their opposite was pretty impressive. You know, you were probably front and center for that one at, at Irvine. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of laughed. ABCA player of the week and big West player of the week, Demetrius Mucleus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I sort of laughed, you know, because they swept up, did they sweep them night one? They went five night two. Yep. So, yep. yeah. So I was glad that we're not the only team that has that problem in the country of sweeping <laughs> a team and then going five the next night. Um, but yeah, his play is pretty impressive. And for people that don't know, uh, Milan Zarkovich has the history of developing good opposites. And if you don't believe me, just look at Serbia's uh, long list of good opposites that they've had at the national team level. So uh, mm -hmm. he's done a nice job there and he's done a nice job at Hawaii. And uh, I think Stein and Tilbert was, was the biggest beneficiary of that, right? He played opposite, was an all-American opposite, and then they moved him to outside hitter and they developed him as a passer and he becomes a great, great outside hitter. Um, so yeah, that, that match sort of stood out and then BYU going five, uh, against UCLA being up 2-0. Uh, mm -hmm. obviously I've watched that match a lot, but they made a setting change against Stanford night two and, uh, Noah Hain, I believe it is, is now setting for them doing a nice job. And it seems like he's keeping those, uh, pin hitters in rhythm. So, uh, I've been saying all year that they're going to be a tough out in the PSF playoffs. Unfortunately, we have to play them first round. So, um, mm -hmm. Hopefully they're not too tough in and out, but it's going to be a good match because they're playing good volleyball. Yeah. And then Stanford at our place, uh, going five with us. And we've talked about Will Rotman and just what he's done. And when I looked at the MPSF stats this morning doing the MPSF voting, you know, he hit like 330 or 340 in the MPSF mm -hmm. season. And he carries such a big load for them. Everyone knows he's going to get the ball and to still be that efficient is impressive. Uh, and then Dan's team. And team being down 0-2 at home and coming back to win in five. So yep. uh, there's probably means a little bit more because the other matches I talked about were about to go into playoffs, but that's a, a tough quarterfinal match and they pull it out. So Yeah. 
Well, was with all those five set thrillers, so um, that weren't in conference tournaments, that's Big West yep. and MPSF. Uh, the teams that really pushed the five that were the, I guess you'd say the underdogs in those matches, do you feel yeah. like they're playing with a certain attitude that they got nothing to lose and they want to go with good momentum into the conference tournament? Yeah, it's it's tough to say, right? I don't know how everybody feels at this point in the season. Um, definitely being on the other side of it with Stanford, it felt like they came out in set three and were just like, screw it. You know, like we've lost five straight sets here. Like, but it's just, we got nothing to lose. Um, and, and when things got rolling, they were, they were tough to stop. Um, again, I, I don't know because I'm not in, in other people's gyms. I do hear from, from coaches that, Hey, we just got to be good at the end. We just got to be good in our conference tournament to get in, which is accurate. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know if other coaches have been juggling some lineups, trying to find the right lineup or whatever. So, um, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, it's Dave Hunter Pepperdine who will be debuting at Poly Pavilion in the MPSF <laughs> tournament as they take on the number six seed BYU. And that's on Wednesday, uh, from what I understand, it'll be through subscription only flow volleyball, uh, TV. Yep. So be sure to watch or watch the live stat or find out if anyone's got an Instagram live going. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think, I think we'd get in trouble if that happened, you know, flow would come after us. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, good luck. I look forward to seeing you on court at Poly Pavilion. Um, hopefully for a long journey for you uh, in the MPSF tournament. Yeah, hopefully. So Jay, an exciting week 15. I didn't expect it to be as exciting as it was. Bunch of five set thrillers, some teams in conference play, some teams already in their tournament, but, uh, what were some of the key matchups that stuck out for you in week 15? You know, I think there was one match that stuck out to me. In fact, it's a, a few matches uh, in our conference, and that's the University of Charleston figuring a few things out. You know, Harvard is the second seed in our tournament. They're a good team, but the University of Charleston uh, figured out a way to beat them twice. And, you know, then they go into their last home match against St. Francis, and they ended up beating them. Uh, and, you know, Charleston's one of those teams that's got a few good players on there. And I think early in the year, they were kind of figuring some things out and maybe weren't executing very high. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get to play spoiler a little bit. Uh, and that's pretty cool. So I was, I was pretty happy with that result. You know, the other one is, you know, PFW going into McKendry uh, in the quarterfinal round of the Mivas. I think historically they were one in seven playing at the McKendry gym and uh, ended up pulling that one out in five. And I, and that's, you know, rocks got his team playing at a pretty good level right now. And so uh, I think they might be a little bit of a sleeper. If you're not paying attention, they're going into Loyola this weekend and they like playing there. Uh, you know, if they're not paying attention, you know, PFW could see their way into the finals of uh, the Miva conference. And, and you look at the other side and that's ball state and Lewis Ball State obviously is the favorite in that, but Lewis just beat Ohio State in five in their gym. And, you know, Lewis is one of those teams that's got a couple of big weapons. They bring it from the service line. But if you if you look at the potential matchup of Ball State versus Purdue-Fort Wayne in the MEVA finals, that is going to be an absolute dogfight because those teams are historically rivals being the only two in Indiana. So that could be a lot of fun to watch. Yep. Well, um, you know, with this uh, next week coming up where some teams are writing their semis of their tournaments, but we expect we'll see in the different term conference tournaments. Yeah, I think, I think there's two to three teams in each conference that could, that could be the winners of the conference. So if you start with the big West, I think Hawaii, 
Long Beach and Santa Barbara are the three teams. And, and Irvine's sneaky good. Sonny uh, Franceschi uh, has has, uh, has picked up a couple of things over the course of the year. He's hitting at a real high clip, uh, real aggressive from the service line. Uh, in Irvine, you know, if they're clicking, if they can get some production from their opposite Heno, they could be a team that could be a spoiler as well. But I think, I think it's going to be Santa Barbara as the spoiler. But I think it's going to be Long Beach and Hawaii in the finals. It's at Hawaii. They always play well there. Uh, and so I think those two teams are going to be the ones there. If you look at the MPSF, I think it's going to be UCLA and USC. But Grand Canyon is my spoiler team. And because they have a two-headed monster in Janky and and, uh, and, and um, Gianni, and Gianni those two guys are bringing it. And if they can get a little help from their opposite, they could be really tough to play. Uh, and, and everything's going to be at UCLA. So again, it's at neutral ground. So I think Grand Canyon's my spoiler, but I think it's going to be USC and UCLA in the finals of that. And I think right now UCLA is just a little bit above USC in terms of his execution. You look at the Miva, and again, I talked about Ball State. Um, and I, and I, think, I think it's going to be Ball State uh, and who knows what's going to happen uh, in the other one between Loyola and PFW. I, I think it could be Loyola that wins it at home, but don't be surprised if Purdue Fort Wayne pulls that one out. You look at the EIVA, and, I, and obviously Penn State's the favorite, but NJIT, uh, Princeton, Harvard, uh, they're all really good teams, you know, and, and, and I know that we're the sixth seed, but even we feel good about the way we're playing. So, um, you know, but I think, I think Princeton and I think Penn state, they're going to meet in the semifinals. That's going to be a big match. Uh, I think the winner of that could be the team that pulls it out and you go to the conference Carolinas, you've got Mount Olive, you got North Greenville and you got King. I just, I like the way North Greenville is playing right now. I like what Mount Olive has to offer. If Aziz is healthy, if there's any way to get him back up to speed, they're going to be a dangerous team to face. I'd like their chances. I don't know if he's coming back or not. Uh, and if he doesn't, then I think North Greenville is going to be the team that comes out of the Conference Carolinas. Yep. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity since I didn't get to communicate what I was thinking with the other guys I got to speak with, but uh, you know, being that you're the last person I got to talk to since we're doing this asynchronously. Nice. So, but in the big West, you know, it's a it's spoiler alert for every match. I feel like, because if you remember last year, UC San Diego came in played spoiler maker and then UC Santa Barbara as well. Those two, the conference final in Hawaii yeah. and everyone knows what happened there. Yep. So, uh, Yep. That is one scary matchup, and you cannot even sleep on Northridge because Daniel Wetter and their freshman setter, his name is escaping me, but he was so solid, even though they were a month short on training for the year because of COVID-related reasons. They had a delay being in the gym, not even playing, in the gym, yeah. and they went to competition in February, and Coach Jeff Campbell has done a really good job with those guys, and Wetter, I think over, like it seems like the last 10 matches, he maybe has three errors. I mean, look at his hitting percentage. Look how many yeah. kills he's got. Yeah, it doesn't block yeah. a lot, but offensively, amazing. I I I think you're right. Wetter is a kid that that could be a national team candidate maybe in the future. I think the challenge with that is he's a middle blocker, and you don't win with middle blockers. You win with pin hitters. And Northridge right now doesn't have any pin hitters that stand out that make that make Wetter be able to take a little pressure off him. Yep. 
And then you jump over to the favorites, which you met, mentioned, Santa Barbara. I mean, Paragas has been running really good offense. You got, uh, um, my goodness, I have to, Wilcox, Ryan Wilcox. Yeah. I mean, he's just been so such a stable foundation for that team. Yep. So you're seeing um, Tian Zhao, their Chinese opposite, really pick up his play as of late, which has been the difference maker for the Gauchos. You go into Hawaii and hello, ABCA, reigning ABCA player of the week and now Big West player of the week. Uh, Demetrius Mucleus lit up this weekend, 31 kills on, on Saturday night, hit close to 600. Jakob, Jakob Tella on fire. Philip Humler now in the mix with Jazz Galloway. And Sheward's been playing really good defense. Yeah. And you go to Long yeah. Beach. I mean, you've heard his name so many times. I'll say it again. Alex Nikolov. But you can't even, if you cover him, wait, if you overcommit to him, there's a guy named Spencer Olivier who's lighting people up. Yeah. So, yeah. And Aiden Ives said a really And don't forget about don't forget about Clark Goldbond. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's no slouch himself, right? No, that's a really, really good team. And I think I think Long Beach's only challenge is going to be if night becomes one-dimensional, then it becomes a little bit easier for teams to key in on a couple of players. But you're right. I mean, it you've still got three weapons that are really, really dangerous. And you maybe don't need the middles to be that off that offensive in order to still win matches. Yeah. Well, then you, you definitely have to look at um, Hawaii and just they are trending upward. The last four matches, they've just played like really good ball, super quick and spread out offense. And you have to respect uh, Jakob Tella offensively because he'll come in like he's going to come in with a hitting approach and set a shoot set or, you know, <laughs> it's like you got an offensive threat uh, in, in in a setter that's six five six six. So. Yeah. Doing some doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the MPSF is where I get a little shady in as far as I didn't get to see a lot of the teams play, but the teams have been consistent. Yeah, you got your UCLA, USC's had a remarkable year. Gallus and Cobran, uh, I got to make sure Sam Cobran have been playing really well along with Chris Hall. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Paxson, their Libro. He's really kept them. You know, he's that extra effort that he has on the court has really kept a lot of plays alive for SC and that extra gust is what got those winning points for that team. And when it came in the clutch, um, UCLA powerhouse, Grand Canyon, as you said, uh, Janky Gianni, Hugo Fisher, he steps in as oppo. Uh, if he can contribute double digit kills, that team's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. And then Pepperdine's got their own three headed beast when they can light it all up at the same time and steal Jasper and Wickens are Mighty Mike, 5'10", maybe 5'11", uh, who's been getting it done, who's had some good offensive nights. And Stanford, the wild card of the season, the team that was on the brink of being eliminated from NCAA play, and Will Rotman's decided to pull out his cannon for the tail end of the season. So, um, you know, I, I know that that uh, there's still – Concordia has potential. They, they upset SC. It's, it's – you never know it's going to happen on the West Coast. So that's all I want to add. I'm not going to – I'm not, I'm going to slow my roll when it comes to the other conferences, but I do need to say congratulations to Mark Pavlik, uh, EIVA coach of the year again, uh, and just because he's your mentor and just an overall great guy. So uh, Pav, Pav is one of the best. I, I've been very lucky and blessed to have worked with him for six or seven years. And, you know, he's, he's a class act from top to bottom. Uh, and, and no one was more deserving of that award than him. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, you know, I gave uh, the coach Luke uh, a shout out at Charleston 
uh, for coach of the year in our conference only because the guy was not paid $1 to coach this year. He was waiting for his visa to go through. And uh, the guy was literally non-existent in terms of a paycheck for the last number of months. Uh, and that's, that's to be commended because that means you're dedicated to what you're doing and giving the guys the best season possible. But yeah, Pav is, Pav is a great human being and, and uh, you know, he's put together a, a pretty good run here. So it'll be interesting to see how far he takes it this year. Yeah. And maybe even next year with those four guys coming back, I'm sure you're excited about that. <laughs> you had to remind <laughs> me of that. <laughs> well, Jay, I appreciate you taking the time, especially since you're preparing for your uh, quarterfinal matchup over uh, in happy Valley, which is a great place to be. It's a labor of love, my friend. I love doing it. <laughs> All right. Best of luck to you. Thanks.